Hey, what's going on, Miguel? Hey, how's it going? Man, slow motion, slow motion, man. I can't complain. How about you, my brother? Oh, life is good. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's the best thing about it, man. Yeah, man. So I wanted to uh, take this moment to just, you know, welcome you to the Chestnut Checkers podcast. <clears throat> I've been sitting around and uh, trying to figure out how I wanted to keep it, keep it moving and get it back on the road. And uh, I said, I sat around and I thought about it. I said, you know, 2021, I'm going to jump back in here. And, uh, you know, we had, we was shouting you out, uh, RIP to my co-host, James Chisholm. But we were shouting you out when we first got started. So we wanted to, I said, it was only right that I came back and doubled back and started the 2021 uh, episodes with you, man. So, you know, I want to welcome you. Unfortunately, James not here with us. So. You know, we want to keep a keep a strong podcast going in his honor, man. So welcome, welcome to the welcome to the Chestnut Checkers podcast, brother. Thank you, and rest in re- in peace, uh, Mr. James Chisholm. Yeah, great man. Yeah, man. So you know, of course, me and you, we already got a uh, kind of got a relationship. We know each other from back way back when, and you know, present day. Uh, still keeping touch and you know, chat it up. And I was just wanting to uh, give you the opportunity, man, because I think with the Chestnut Shepherds podcast, how we started, we started it in, with the uh, mindset of, actually, it was an idea I had where I came up with it during the uh, pandemic when we first had the shutdown, just trying to figure out ways to recreate uh, Kingship Chess Academy and find other ways to have something uh, to offer my, my, uh, my customers and people that followed me. So I figured that how could I kind of relate chess to life? And I wanted to bring people that I knew that really wouldn't get the, uh, getting their roses while they're still living for the things they do here in our city and uh, nationwide. So I just wanted to take, you know, use this platform to do that. And so that's kind of where the, um, the idea for Chess Not Checkers podcast came from. Um, and like what I want to do for it right now is give you a minute to kind of introduce yourself and tell the people who you are, because uh, we are familiar with one another. Okay, and I, I first want to start out by saying I, 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 I'm honored to even be considered, you know, um, so thank you for considering me for this uh, podcast. But uh, I guess um, I'll start out by saying, of course, my name is Darian Miguel Paris. Most people know me as Miguel. Uh, I'm a general contractor licensed in North Carolina and um, Tennessee. Um, uh, I'm licensed in commercial and residential construction. Uh, I'm a father of four plus one. Um, I'm currently living in Charlotte, um, North Carolina, and split my time between here and Chattanooga uh, as I get more projects in the pipeline. Um, I have my master's degree. I have an MBA, um, an alumni at Tuskegee University. Um, and I, I'm just working day to day to become a better man and to pass on everything that I've learned. I'll pass it on down to my peers or the next generation. Uh, I'm just trying to give back in every which way that I can. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, man, and I commend you for that, man. I get to have the honor of following you uh, and your movements on social media. And uh, like I say, I commend you for everything you're doing, what you're giving back, and uh, how you build an affordable housing for, you know, not only our, our community, but other communities as well. So giving other people a lot of opportunities with uh, your construction, man. And uh, I really wanted to say congratulations because I remember when I came back to the city, I, I, I think the airport and the uh, project was going on at the airport, man. I know you had a hand in that, man. So I, yes. I, 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 yeah, man, I said I came back. I was like, man, Miguel got I – mean, he, he done took off on him already, man. So I wanted to, you know what I'm saying, congratulate you on that. So we we want to make sure, you know, they understand. And it just, you know, it ain't nothing. Uh, the brother is doing some big major things uh, here in the city and, you know, like I say, nationwide. So, you know, congrats on that. Now, what, thank you. 
I will say, uh, I do remember, you know, from when we met, we both, you know, attended Nob Elementary. And uh it's kind of funny we ran I ran into one of the teachers uh from Ashinaab today and uh it was kind of reminiscing. Her name was Miss Cox. I think she was she kind of got there after we left, but she knew some of the same teachers that we uh we had when we was there. So, you know, I gave her my card and told her to tell Miss Hammers to call me. But yeah, man, so you know, I like I say, I, I kind of joke sometimes with some of some of your Facebook posts, but one of my fondest memories of you uh back in the day. You know, because I was, I, I consider myself to be a kind of a disruptor and a bad kid myself when I was coming up. But I went, I wasn't fortunate to, enough to make it to the, to that class. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you know, hey, we walked down the hall and walked by that class, man. I see a couple of my buddies in there, uh, Miguel and uh, another guy, uh, Mizell. Both of y'all doing great, doing great in life yes, right now, man. And it was just, you know. When you walk by that class, you would have thought, I know, thinking as a kid, I was like, man, these dudes, man, they bad as hell. And they, hey, man, I don't know, I don't know about them. They got them in that class, but I from my, you know, all I knew about y'all, you know, just, you know, had quick tempers, like, you know, you ain't say you like to fight, but you weren't finna bag down from no fight. So, you know, right. can, can you tell us a little bit about that, man, and what you was going through? And uh, you know what I mean, if you want to share with us and uh, you know, your kind of kind of your mindset at that time. Okay, well, there's so many levels to the, to that, but um, I'll just try to just scratch the self the surface mm -hmm. and, and just give you a background of, of how I ended up in that classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot of I, I think my story can relate to a lot of young men. Um who have that, that anger or even that rage within them and don't know how to, you know, channel it, right, right. channel it to something good because uh, <clears throat> it was seven of us uh, in there and we were in there for three years mm -hmm. in one classroom. They wouldn't, they wouldn't trust us. We, we were the worst of the worst of the school system. And they put us in one place cause it would be easier for them to deal with us. Mm. Um, and and I created a bond with those guys, but uh, I'm, I'm gonna take you back and, and let you have a better understanding of why I was there because it it, it will help people understand, right? Uh, that we we just weren't bad. We we were all going through stuff, but you know, at that time I was a ward of the state that most people didn't know. My mother and my father was in prison. Wow, uh, I never knew that. Right. But before then, you know, I, I'll take it back and I'll share this with you because I'm an open book. You know, I don't I, I, I'm not ashamed of my past or anything I've done. And I'm proud of what I what I'm going to do. Definitely. Um, but just growing in a household and witnessing domestic violence, um, that made me cold as a kid. You know, seeing it from four to five to six at six years old, that was a monster that was created inside of me. That I wanted to cause somebody seriously bodily bodily harm, and um, I was prepared to do that. And I, I'll just say this: my mother beat me to it. Mm. Um, so, you know, which led to my mom having to go away. You know, uh, and 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 I'm seven years old, six six going on seven when this happened. Mm -hmm. So, to to be willing to do that at six or seven because you've had enough. Mm -hmm. um, that, 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 that made me cold mm -hmm. at, at seven years old, re willing to take a, a, another man's life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, my mother, she stepped in and did what she had to do, but it caused her to go away. When it caused me to be, you know, in the system as uh, as a ward of the state, and and I'll just you know try to summarize this and get you back, get us back, you know, on track. But I, I want you to better have an understanding of why I was the way I was. Mm -hmm. So, at seven years old, I, I fear nothing and I fear nobody. Mm -hmm. And and that anger. And rage was taken out against other people, other students. I didn't care how old you were or mm -hmm. how young you were, which led me to being in that class. 
It was like we can't trust Darian around the other students. And you know what? So go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I and I can I can fully understand everything you're speaking on because you know I I it was a time in my life a little bit younger, I mean a little bit older where I had to step up where you know, you know, as a man you not go, you know, another man's not go do this or talk to my, you know, my people a certain type of way and just get away right. with it. So but at that age <clears throat> I wasn't a victim of it so much so, but I think the times when you're that young and mm -hmm. you're really scared, but it's like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what do you do after so so long? And I guess I can right. really speak on it at that age, but at a at an older age, I could speak on it. But I I, I I and to 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 bounce back to when you were in that class. I could see everything you were saying to me about you at that time. I could see that, and I, I witnessed it because I, you know, I can remember the fights and you not backing down and you being, you know, I mean, I could, I, I can attest to that because you know I saw every bit of that on your face at that age. You know, what I mean, I was like, don't play with him. You know, what I mean, don't, you know, what I mean, it was just that right. temple, and I think it was just, you know, it was a lot of people that, you know. Uh, was going through those things, man. So, you know, with that being said, and uh, can you tell me, can you tell the listeners kind of what was the, <clears throat> what was the motivating, motivating factors that kind of, you know, propelled you at, you know, I guess as you got older and left elementary school and went to the next level, because uh, I don't know, you know, after Achenab Elementary, I think we kind of lost touch. I ne never really know where you ended up at. Um, where did you end up at and what was it about the next level of experience that kind of made you decide, Hey, I want to, you know, uh, be something, but, but aside from my situation and what I'm going through, what was it? Okay. Well, it's, it, it was a few things that, that, you know, came together. You know, I, I, I um, while I was a ward of the state, I was uh, at Bethel Bible village for three, you know, for those three and a half years. Uh, that my mama was gone. Um, and, and I met a gentleman by the name of Floyd Richardson. Mm -hmm. And uh, Floyd was very instrumental, you know, as I used to say, calming the beast. No matter what I did, uh, he, he never showed frustration. He was just like, man, you knucklehead, what have you done now? You know, I'm, I'm used to when I'm getting in trouble, you know, yelling, mm -hmm. whooping, you know, when, when something's hurt, you don't apply pressure to it. You gotta, you gotta ease off and let it heal. So he, he at that point in my life gave me an opportunity to heal and get my head on right. You know, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, you know, a hundred percent where I needed to be, but I didn't want to let him down. You know, he was the male influence that I never had mm -hmm. that I needed, and I, and you know, I, I salute him to this day. I keep in touch with him to this day because. You know, I, I credit him and, and my mother's, you know, perseverance mm -hmm. uh, and praying and whatever else she did um, to to get me to change. So I went, I, 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 I saw my mother's pain and I knew that, and I've seen my mama hurt before physically, mm -hmm. but I wasn't going to be the one to, con to continue to hurt my mother emotionally because mm -hmm. She would have to leave work to come and get me. Uh, I'm suspended. I had to stay at home. They talk. They they're talking about putting me out of school for good. Um, and you know, I even had teachers tell me that I'm gonna end up in prison just like my mother. And so, when my mom got out, I saw how hard she was working, and I'm still acting a fool, fighting people, doing whatever I whatever I wanted to because I didn't fear anybody. Um, and so. To see the pain that I was causing my mom, I had to, I just told myself, I'm going to do something to make this lady proud. Mm -hmm. And I also want to add, uh, Tony, I was in the behavior disorder program, but I was also in the gifted program, too. So mm -hmm. I was in two special education programs, so they were 
they would have they they were dealing with me because I was a special type of student. Mm-hmm. They would have to have I would have to be escorted throughout the school so that they were afraid I was gonna do something to the other kids just to go from the behavior disorder class to the gifted class. Mm-hmm. So I was always smart. But I had each issues. So I um I I saw what I was putting my mom through and you know, as I got, you know, in the eighth and ninth grade, I kind of got involved in sports. And mm-hmm. I just told myself, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna continue to put my mother through this. I'm gonna do something to make her proud. Cause it wasn't about me. So I said, I'm gonna get my stuff together. Uh, they gave me, I went to Tyner um, for two years and then Tyner put me out. <laughs> I think I was written up in two years, 112 times. Mm-hmm. And they said, you can't come back to China. We don't want you here. And so um, my teacher, they had a, a, a M team meeting and Hickson, one of my gifted teachers was teaching at Hickson High School, uh, Miss Virginia Kidd. She said, I've never had problems with Darian. I don't understand this. Is, he must be a Jekyll and Hyde because he, when, when he's in my class, he's a normal student. So they gave me one more chance in the Chattanooga Public Schools to go to Hickson High School. And I did. Um, I got over there as a change of environment. And um, I started, I got into sport and girls. Um, <laughs> and and I, I, um, just, I just started making better decisions. And I saw that, you know, it was pleasing my mom. And because that's who I was doing it for. Right. So that my to sum it up, my mother was the motivating factor for me uh in making her proud. Um was for me doing what I'm I did then and what I'm doing now. Right. I, I, I know for one thing, you know what I mean, I know mom do very much proud of you. You know what I mean? I know y'all got a special relationship. That's just from a personal level from what I see and what I know. Uh, so definitely commend you on that, man, for being able to bounce back and uh, put everything, you know, what was going on in your life, man, put everything to the, not even putting it to the back of your mind, but being able to persevere through that and, um, you know, just having the end, you know, that's what I tell people, like, a lot of times they ask me about chess and I say, like, you know, I'm up early every day. I try to be up as early as I can. Because in my mind, if somebody better than me, like E.T. said, I want to be there first. I ain't got to be better than right. you. I ain't got to be the best. But if I'm there first, I'm going to outwork you one way or the other. Right. I'm going to be able to keep up with you. Whereas, you know what I mean, you ain't just going to beat me. So, like I said, right. with chess, there's an opening. You got a middle game and you got an end game. Right. Uh, people don't understand, man. You could have the worst opening in life, even in chess, and you can still win the game, that middle game. That's what you do. Like, if I get up early, I work out, I eat good, I meditate, I get my music going, I'm set up for my middle game, which is what I'm going to have to go through throughout the day to make it to the end game, which is getting home safe and being I had a productive day for your family. You know, financially throughout that day. Uh, Right. So, I mean, that was that that we we heard about your opening. We heard about now kind of sort of your Miller game. Now, another part of your Miller game, I know as a friend and a follower on social media, uh, I know you share a lot. You keep you keep us posted. I feel like I go to Tuskegee, my G, like for real. I do. Like I, I I rep them like you know because you you keep them in your you know what I mean you keep them on the radar so can you tell us a little bit about the um what you, your your experience at Tuskegee and you know what I mean just what's the what would have been the difference in you going to why did you choose Tuskegee over UTC over uh, any other uh, other schools what was it about Tuskegee and tell us a little bit about your experience there. Uh, well, I, I was I was originally going to go to Sewanee and play football, okay. but I, I couldn't afford it. Mm. So I was going to try to walk on down at Tuskegee 
but you know that didn't happen. But um, I, I I I had accepted a scholarship to go to Oberlin. It was, it was a school in Ohio. Mm -hmm. but then I found out it was all male, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not going there. Mm -hmm. uh, then I had an offer from Tennessee Wesleyan. Um, but uh, a friend of mine, um, Jeremiah Carstarf, and just said, hey man, I'm going to Tuskegee. Where, where are you going? I said, man, I don't know yet. And he said, well, I can get you an application. I never heard. I've heard of Tuskegee, but I really didn't know much about HBCUs at the time. So I filled out the application. I got accepted. I told my mom because I had just gotten out of a little trouble. The judge said he was going to give me one more chance and I better not be in this court. This this was in April of that year. And I had to report to Tuskegee in August. So I said, you know what? I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And um, I went down to Tuskegee, and it, it was shocking me, you know, coming from a predominantly white high school um, to going to an HBCU in the middle of Alabama that was 98% black, maybe even 99. The entire community, the entire city, and um, – so it, it was kind of like a culture shock, mm -hmm. but Tuskegee prepared me, you know, to be able to deal with anything. You know, they it 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 is it, truly the motherland, just based upon the historical significance of the campus, the founders. You know, Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver, all of them are still buried on campus. Really? Their, their homes are still there. Mm. Um, it's just so much history that comes out of Tuskegee and, you know, it's just the, the values and the connections that I've made because, you know, it was a private school. So there were people from California to Florida, New York, uh, Texas, you know, all from all over the country. And to be taught by your own kind and to be to not be, you know, nothing against UTC, UT and these other schools, but going there, you you're a minority and you kind of know you're a minority. So you, you, you feel like a minority, but when you are in the midst of your own people and your own kind, uh, and they're teaching you and you, you're seeing the successes and, and you are becoming one of the successes. It's just something totally different. It's, it's a Tuskegee is, is truly Wakanda. Really? Uh, yeah. When you go there, That's uh, of course it's college, but, you know, when you're there, you can't wait to graduate. But when you leave, you can't wait to go back. Wow. And that's so. But. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I was just living, so it, finish up. And, and there, there's just there's and, and Chattanooga has a lot of alumni uh, from Tuskegee uh, come to find out, you know, and, and I also went based upon a, a relationship that I had with one of my science teachers and football coaches, uh, Coach Coach Cruz. From uh, he is a Tuskegee alumni. So, alumni. So, you know, it's, I, I, I encourage everybody to at least go visit. Or, 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 and I support, you know, you know, college tours. And I, I try to at least sponsor one or two kids when uh, they take the HBCU. Uh, college tours, but Tuskegee, you know, and that's that's any HBCU, but Tuskegee is my HBCU, and and it's a, it's just a little bit different, <laughs> right, right, and that and that's what's up, man. I I, I mean, I, I kind of that's one of the things I regret. I don't even say I regret it, but I wish because I you know like anything that I should have did or could have did or did I didn't do. You can't look back on it like that. You just right, damn, you know. But to have wished I would have took advantage or had that experience because I like I said I had a lot of partners and people that I knew that went to uh HBCUs. Uh, but to actually experience that would have would have been something that I would have looked forward to. But uh that's definitely something that uh is good to know and to hear about. And I know that uh I didn't know that uh was what's that they still were buried on campus. Where is that like Huntsville? No, Tuskegee is in Tuskegee, Alabama. Oh, that's that's an actual state. I didn't even know that's actual city. I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was in like Huntsville or something like that, man. No, it's 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 about 
um, 30 minutes northeast of Montgomery, Alabama. Well, Mazel went to Alabama a and yeah, he okay, did. Okay, cool. And, and we ran into each other while we were in school. He was in a band at uh, Alabama A&M. Okay. And uh, I, I was just, you know, a student. Man, that's what's up, man. That's 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 crazy, right? Yeah. That's the crazy. Yeah. yeah, but that's good. And he came by my house. You know, it's, everything comes full circle because they wrote us off. Right. They definitely did, man. They definitely did. But I, I and when I seen you doing your thing, I was like, boy, they, hey. They wrote they wrote him off, but boy, they bounced back so hard. But and actually speaking of that, man, just bouncing back, uh, what what did you study at uh what did you study at uh Tuskegee? Because I know I think when I ran into you it was kind of in the finance industry. And um mm-hmm. now you are a construction company owner, uh big boy contractor. So uh what did you go to school to study and what kind of led you to transition to the construction industry and uh, kind of tell the listeners a little bit about your journey and becoming your own boss. Okay. Well, um, my, my degree was uh, in business management and finance. Um, so I graduated and I went into corporate America and I, and I, I've done well in corporate America, but I, I, I never felt like I belonged there because when, when it's all said and done, you're making somebody else money. And I made, you know, companies millions in Chattanooga. Um, but even when I, you know, was in the rent-to-own industry, um, we built the, me and my team, we built the rent center brand up so strong in Chattanooga that pretty much we ran everyone else out of town. Um, and it really, rent center is the only, um, to this day, it's really only, strong rent on company with a footprint in Chattanooga. But, you know, that, that, that wasn't me. So I left corporate America and got my company going. And, uh, I had my first building up in six months that it's a little Taylor retail center on the corner of, uh, Tunnel Boulevard and Wilcox. That was my first building. Still standing. Functional. Still standing. And I built a few churches and, uh, whatnot. And, Boom, the Wilson Air Center fell in my lap. Uh, And I partnered with a a larger firm, and we built the first two phases of Wilson Air Center um, out at the Chattanooga Metropolitan Airport. And I was lured back into corporate America once again. They made me an offer I couldn't refuse with with a finance company. But, you know... I, I'm just the type of person that beat to my, to, I dance to the beat of my own drum. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I don't like the music, it's, if I don't like your music, I'm really not going to dance to your music anyway. So um, I decided to part ways with the company. And um, since I was, you know, I was only really doing commercial construction, but as I got older, I, I, I had to find my purpose in life. And I, and I look back at my mother and, and people like my mother and in our community, there's no, they're not really building new homes. You know, you might get a flipped home or a rehab home mm-hmm. and they do shoddy work. They, you know, they, they're just, you know, putting band-aids on thing and jacking the price up. And also they're gentrifying our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, hmm, I have, I, I, I know that I'm probably one of the better businessmen, not in a, not in a Chattanooga, but Southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I apply my skills, my knowledge, and help my people? Mm-hmm. I said, you know, when there's when you when you just look at the map, there's no new homes going on in our community, and we're renting. Mm-hmm. So, in order to to help our people build generational wealth, it comes through purchasing land and and your home. You know, that's what others do they pass down the home they pass down this that and the other well if we're renting we're giving the money's going out of our community and never coming back but mm-hmm. in, in order to offset the gentrification that's happening i said well i can buy land and build affordable housing in our neighborhoods nice affordable ha- homes and and let us start owning some of our communities because i saw what they did on long street you know, down off of Maine. I saw what they did to Highland Park. 
I, I, I saw what I, I see. I've seen the, the, the layouts of the city. I see what they're about to do to East Chattanooga mm-hmm. and the West Side. So I said, the only way to stop it is to own it. We got to own this land. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, so I said, you know, I'm going to use my resources and build affordable houses, affordable homes for um, the people in my community. And, and, and that's what I did. And um, I built my first home. I bought the land behind my mother's house and put my first house there. And that that's a, and that one there is a nice. That's you got like two of them up there, don't you? Yes, I, I and I, I put one right next door to it. Okay, and, and and for the listeners, if you get a chance to see the house, you would never believe that the the structure of it and how he built on that piece of land. It's just you know it's amazing how you could take something that was nothing and make make it into something especially when it's a new development, a new house. Uh, so definitely shouts out to that. And, you know, definitely coming back and choosing to uh, invest into your own community. Because uh, like you say, it's right behind Mom Duke House. Uh, so that's definitely a big plus right back in your own neighborhood, man. Right. And I'm also developing the 2000 block of Cleveland Avenue. Uh, we're about to break ground Monday on two more houses on Cleveland Avenue, uh, land that, you know, I told was junk. Why, why would I spend my money over there? But we're slowly but surely uh, transforming our communities and what our expectations are um, and transforming what the expectations are for housing in, in our communities. We, we can live in our communities in nice homes. Yeah, we can. And I think a lot of times, like, what happens is, uh, like you said, um, it's easy for somebody to come in and flip a home and do a fixer up, but to actually be able to own a new a new property in the neighborhood you grew up in is definitely something that's morale boosting and uh, you know it, it's just an uplifting thing because a lot of people, to be honest, a lot of people from these neighborhoods born and raised in these neighborhoods, and if they could have had the opportunity to buy in these neighborhoods a new home, they probably would more so times than not. Uh, now, I know you, I, I think you had one right here behind the center, Avondale, uh, Wilson Street. Yeah. Wilson. I saw yeah. a nice one over there on Wilson. Yes. Yeah, built on Wilson. Yeah, so- and uh, I got several projects coming in Shepherd, uh, Highway 58 area, uh, on the North Shore, yeah, it's, it's we, I'm about to do everything that I can to help us get, you know, a foothold of what's going on in the city of Chattanooga. Hey, say taking it over to the North Shore, man, now, that's a big thing, now, man. Hey, we gonna be touching every part of the city, man. Paris construction, right? Man, definitely something big, man. And um, I'll let you plug the uh, business website and everything here at the tail end. Uh, and uh, let me ask you this: Do you offer? Uh, you got the whole process. Like we could take a a buyer from point A to point B to point C, point D, if they are interested in purchasing one of your properties. Correct. Oh yes, sir. Yeah. So that's for the listeners. If you you're interested in you know trying to get you a new home and 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 maybe in a neighborhood that you grew up in, uh, you know, we'll definitely give you the opportunity to get um get um. Darian's uh, personal contact information for the business and any any interest you may have. Um, so where we at, man? Where we at? We talked about that. We we in the middle game now. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now now a lot of times we got people, and I speak for myself that you know like I'm I'm kind of one of those people like kind of like you in the same sense like <sighs> sometimes like. It's you go to these companies and you work for these multi-billion-dollar companies, and at the end of the day, it don't matter how much money you make; you just getting them rich, and they can take off. Right. They could take off any time of the day. Your sal, you know, I I know my salary at times has been something somebody could spend in a day on their family on a vacation. You know what I mean? Right. And when you think about that, man, it's 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 almost like a smack in the face because we go 
like I, 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 me and James used to speak on this, but I spoke on this. I used to speak on this a lot, and I tell people this. Like, and I don't knock no man for how he feel or what his aspirations mm-hmm. and dreams are. But in my heart, in my mind, you know, people be like, "Oh, you work at no, no knocking Volkswagen, y'all don't take this wrong, right? You yo, you work at Volkswagen, oh, you go retire from them." Like, I feel like any man that has a mindset now, if you need to do it, that's fine. Well, I'm not knocking it. But if you go to wake up every day and you kind of feel like I want to retire from somebody else's job and make them rich, like me personally, I don't feed into that because I don't, I don't like, I don't understand that. You know what I mean? I just never had no dreams or aspirations to retire from another man's job. So uh, that said, what has uh, entrepreneurship afforded you as far as the leisure in your life? And what what has being your own boss, what has it afforded you in life? The freedoms that has afforded you kind of give us some, give us some energy and some, some uh, motivation to kind of, because you might got some people that's right there on the edge. That's, you know, just, just scared. Take it's, that next step. It's, it's freedom. Um, and, and, and it's, it, you, it's it's either sink or swim when it comes to you 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 jumping off that diving board into entrepreneurship and you know yeah yeah you may jump into it with some other company but you got on a life vest and 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 and, and you know you're gonna be all right because it's 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 a it's a safety net for you but once you jump into that water and you know you know how to swim you just take off um. And and and, and, it, and it just gives me the freedom to move how I need to move. You know, I don't have to ask, and and, and I'm not bragging, but I don't have to ask for time off. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be in Chattanooga tomorrow, and I don't have to ask anybody. You know, can I? Can I? I may have to ask my wife, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't have to put in. I don't I don't I don't need permission from somebody to tell me how I need to live my life. Cause you know, that I, I don't like to be controlled by anybody. So it, it gives me the freedom uh, to make as much as I want to make, how often I want to make it, you know? Um, and, and, and I, I'm not knocking, uh, you know, a nine to five, but sometimes you have to, you know, use, use them so that you can get to where you, you need to go. You, you know, you need capital. You need you need money to start a business. So however you get your money, get it. But you know, take a job with an end and with I've never desired to retire from a company. Mm-hmm. Never given a company over five years of my time. Never have I. Uh so you know, you, you just gotta take that leap uh, and and be but don't 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 jump by blindly without knowing, you know, how deep the water is, how cold it is, or or whatever. You you know, take risks, but take calculated risks. I w- don't walk away from your job without your, your, your business plan in place. You know, but w- work towards, uh, have, have an end game of how you're going to get out of the rat race, because that's what it is. Mm. It's, it's a race, they, and, and you know, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but they want you to buy a house and put you on a 30-year mortgage just to keep you working for 30 years till you retire to pay off your house. You know, after 30 years, if you're 25, when you buy your house, you're 55, you're right at retirement age. So they kept you in, a, in the system for 30 years just to pay for your house and your car. Then you retire. So, you know, it, you, you, you got to find a way to get out of that system and build your own wealth. Man, you know what? And you you hit it on the head, man. And you said some powerful things and what you said because, you know, like, I see you moving like you're moving. You know what I mean? You know, you're here and now. And can pick up anytime you want to. So that's definitely something that all, all entrepreneurs should definitely strive for, that freedom. It ain't even, a lot of times it ain't even really about, it's about the money. Cause you still got to eat and pay your bills, but a lot of right. times the freedom, man, just knowing like, like you say, I ain't got to call and ask somebody. People making them last to be out working, you know what I mean? Like right. acting like you sick, and you know what I mean. <laughs> but you really ain't. 
But you know, you, right. you, you be get off the phone with HR and be like, man, I wish I ain't have to do this. But you got a million dollar mm-hmm. dream that you sit on that we that we sit on eight hours while we at the job. We sitting on a million dollar dream and we go to the house and put in 30 minutes on that car. We tired. But uh, you know, that's another story. I got a question for you, man, and it's I'll talk to you a little bit offline. Uh could you get a piece of land? And what's you, what's your thought on the container home, man? Cause I I look at that like I did a lot of research on the container homes, and uh, it's like a lot of people were scared to touch them when they first came out. But I think that's like that's the most economical and eco friendly house mm-hmm. to build right now. Are you into building those? And and could you get the land for that? Yes, uh, and there's a market for it. Um, you know, when you just look at it. You know, I have kids. My daughters are, are are the millennial of the age of the millennial. They don't want big houses. Mm-hmm. They don't want they don't want the responsibility. They want they just basically want somewhere to shower and sleep mm-hmm. and eat on occasion. They don't even really want to drive. That's why Uber is big. So you know, if you you know, once you get the land and you you put those container homes up, they'll sell like hotcakes because they. You you can you can modify them so many different ways. You can stack two. Man. You can you know almost like Lincoln logs Man. in a sense. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking like, you know, I that that's, that seemed like it's something like I would. It seemed like I would have saw more here, uh, four, three, four, four years ago. But you know, it's just something that I had thought about. Um, now let me ask you this, man. We um. I know, like you say, you're still active here in the community. You know, I know that personally. Um, and I definitely salute you for staying in touch because, you know, some people get on that get on that level, man, and they kind of, you know, fall back and, you know, hey, hey you know, chat time, this and that. You know what I'm saying? What are some of the, what are some of your, uh, some things that drive you uh, philanthropy, uh, uh, philanthropically, uh, kind of what, 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 what do you like to kind of, no, I give back in a multitude of ways. Um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't look for recognition mm-hmm. for, for anything I do. Cause whatever I do is from the heart. You know, I, I give back to Bethel Bible village mm-hmm. because they gave a lot to me and, and I, and I support anybody that's trying to do something or make a difference. Um, and, and I feel like I'm giving back by, keeping these homes affordable. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can make a probably twenty, thirty thousand dollars more on each house that I build. But that that defeats the purpose of me make, building affordable homes. You know, the same home I build, an- another builder would charge twenty, thirty thousand dollars more. Mm-hmm. But but where I'm building, that buyer is not going to want to move into our community. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I also, uh, I'm working with some of some of my colleagues um, from my past who are in various organizations um, to reach out and, and help men, some of these uh, broken young boys who were in a position that I was in, because I can relate. But just due to societal influences, um, they think that they can't relate to me because I don't portray myself in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I got to figure out, you know, when I, I don't have to figure it out, I, I, I have a plan to put in place to give back and create a nonprofit to, to help strengthen some of these young boys before they get to the point of no return. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I commend you for what you're doing because, you know, life, it's not checkers, it's chess. You 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 got to make calculated moves and you have to think of, like you said, the end game. Mm-hmm. But you 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 got you got to also have you a a smart queen by your side. Mm-hmm. The king is the most important part, mm-hmm. but the queen is the most powerful. Mm-hmm. She can move however she needs to move to protect the king. Mm-hmm. So that 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 you know, I, I think chess all the time. I always say life is not checkers, it's chess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is I, I want to give back and support initiatives that help us put um, 
strong black men back in our communities because that's 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 the problem in fixing our community is is our problem is there's no over the last 30 years uh in the black community we haven't developed strong grandfathers to pass on that knowledge you know hell we don't even have strong fathers at this point mm -hmm. so you know I, i'm going to support everything uh and give back in every which way that i can to to, to help build black men back up and to put us back in, in position within our community because we're way we're, we're nowhere near in position where we need to be. And and I and I and I salute you on that because I know you know what I mean I know you 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 do uh, give back in a, in a lot of ways you know you supported me uh, I know I see you a lot doing your uh, with your frat brothers uh, the Sigmas. Uh, with the young sigmas and all that type stuff, so definitely salute on that. But not only that, man, yeah. And, and people don't really understand uh, when you say affordable housing, people looking for somebody to get them something for free. What this man is doing is he's doing exactly what he just said: affordable housing. He, you know, he building something that you know you want to own for years to come, and not just you know what I mean get something for free. He giving you ownership in the house, not. You know, you ain't go get no new house for fifty dollars a month. You know what I mean? Right. And, and not only that, but the fact that he not coming back to the neighborhood trying to charge you that extra thirty grand when he could, cause the house is just more right. than that. So you know, that's definitely a plus, man. It's something we want to look at. And you know, when you investigate who you want to spend with, you ain't got to go run to these people, man. And when I say these people, we know what I'm talking about, but. Right. You know, we can shop within ourselves a lot of this a lot of the times, put that pride to the side and just, you know, go on and shop. You know, it, it why would I go, why would I run somewhere and pay another ten thousand dollars because I don't want Miguel or Darian to have my money. I don't want him to feel like he right. had my money because I you know what I mean, that's crazy, you know what I mean? And we can, you know, we as a community, we have to learn how to support and uh be intentional with our support and not just say we go do something when we say we go do it we need to do it um right and you know like i say salute you on that man and uh i'm gonna kind of wrap it up here because i don't want to have you you know have you out too late man uh paris construction where you see where you see yourself and your company in, in, in the next five years well i'm, I'm gonna use my company to transform you know to transform well our communities. Um, so in eight to 10 years, I see Paris Construction developing um, East Chattanooga, South Chattanooga, um, building homes, grocery stores, uh, and employing um, people who have been written off. Um, you know, some people who may not be able to get a job but just need that chance, somebody to take a chance on them. Uh, and I know I'm not going to win every time I take a chance on somebody, but it, it, as long as I can help one person, um, and, I'm, and I'm saying that by employing people um, um, to, to teach them the trades, because that's, that's what's gone in our community. So, I, I mean, I, I have my own financial goals, um, but I don't think that's really important. Right now, because I'm, I'm going to hit my financial goals, but the, the the purpose of what I'm using my company for is to help empower our people and to to get these young guys a trade, whether it be um, laying block, framing, drywall, painting, painting, roofing, or whatever it may be. So in eight years, I see Paris Construction getting uh, the vocational trades back into our schools at maybe a Howard or a Brainerd so that I can employ some guys coming out of high school and teach them how to set up their own business to where they're not working for me, they're working with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I see myself expanding in, um, I'm, I'm in North Carolina and I'm in uh, Tennessee, but I'm also going to be uh, in eight to 10 years in Georgia, Alabama and South Carolina. Awesome, awesome. That's definitely what's going on, man. Hey, hey, everything is up. It's up, man. And uh, I want to say uh, last but not lastly, uh, what kind of 
what would be a quote that you can leave the listeners with courtesy of uh, Gary and Paris, like that you live by something that you, you know what I mean? is your go-to when you, you know what I mean? When you know, you know, you know, it's going to be all right. It's something somebody told you or, you know what I mean? That you lean towards when you, you know, going through it. I I guess uh, it would have to say, and I've been saying this for a long time, do the things that others aren't doing today that so that you'll have the successes that others won't have tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to always prepare uh, and plan for what you want to do. You got to go through things to get through some, you got to go through some things to get to some things. So there's going to be trials and tribulations along the way, but be prepared to to go through them to get to where you want to go. Definitely. That's powerful. That's powerful. Do the things that others want to do today so that you can live how others... And have the successes, yeah, that the others won't have tomorrow. That means, you know, working on your grind versus going to a party mm-hmm. or hanging out. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody that's hanging out, they're not... It's like the work, the, the, the crickets and the ants. Mm-hmm. You know, you... you you got to prepare to be successful. And you it just be, doesn't happen. And you got to be willing to do the stuff that others don't do. Right. Give up sleep yeah, to work on your goals. Yeah. Give up eating sometimes. Yeah. You know, you, you, you got to make sacrifices. So that's, that's what I mean when I say do the things that others aren't doing today to have the successes that others won't have tomorrow. Right on. Right on, man. And, uh, Man, we're gonna wrap it up here, big dog, man. And uh Okay. Is there anything, anything you wanna say? Uh, you know, man, I wanna say thank you for first last thank you for, you know, spending a little time with us, man, and you know, cutting out your business schedule to sit down with me and rap with me for a minute, man. And um it was something else I wanted to tell you about. It slipped my mind. I probably remember when I get off the get off the call with you. Um yeah, I can't remember. I'll figure it out and shoot you a text or something, man. But um, uh, no problem. Like I said, I'm always available. Hey, man, I appreciate you for making yourself available, man. And, and to the listeners, I hope you enjoy this dialogue with uh, Darian Miguel Paris, um, Paris Construction, and this is uh, Anthony Gladden, your host, Chestnut Checkers Podcast, Kingship Chess Academy. Want to say a uh, RIP to my homie, uh, Big Chiz, Jane Chisholm doing this in your memory and uh signing off man I'll catch up with y'all later tune in next time all right all right then. all right